In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear saints of God, the book of Acts opens with a question from the disciples to Jesus. They ask him, Will you, Lord, at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Acts chapter 1, verse 6. And Jesus answers, to paraphrase slightly, You guys don't trouble about when these things will happen. Don't worry about the timing the times and seasons which the Father has in His own hands. Don't worry about the when, worry about the what. And the kingdom will come, says Jesus, when my Holy Spirit comes. He will give you power to be my witnesses, both here in Jerusalem and in Judea, and even to the end of the world. Jesus is teaching that His kingdom comes when His Spirit comes comes, and when the disciples preach the Word of God. This is precisely what we learned in the Catechism, remember? Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come among us also. And then this, how does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that by His grace we believe His holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. When the Holy Spirit comes, we hear and we believe and we live according to God's word. And that is precisely what the kingdom of God is. Now, we normally use a different word when we talk about the kingdom of God. We normally say the word church. But this is precisely what the church is. It is the working of the Holy Spirit through the word of God to create and sustain faith in God and love for the neighbor. For apart from this, apart from this work of the Holy Spirit, we would know nothing of Jesus and his love. We would have no clue about his death and his resurrection and his ascension to the right hand of God. We have this in the large catechism Luther teaches about the work of the Holy Spirit. He says, We could never attain to the knowledge of the grace and favor of the Father except through the Lord Christ, who is a mirror of the paternal heart, outside of whom we seem nothing but angry and terrible judge. But of Christ, Luther continues, we could know nothing either unless it had been revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. The love of God the Father for you would be locked in heaven if Jesus had not come down to us to show us the Father's love, to die as the atoning sacrifice in our place. But we could know nothing of this Jesus, nothing of his cross, nothing of his death and resurrection, nothing of his love and his blood and his mercy and his kingdom. We could know nothing of these things unless the Holy Spirit would teach them to us, would show them to us, would bring them to us. 
So the Holy Spirit inspired the apostles to write their eyewitness accounts of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit sees to it that His Word is preached in every place and to every people. Notice, please, how the Holy Spirit doesn't just preach in Hebrew. But on Pentecost and from then on in every language of all of the people that were gathered for the festivities. Everyone heard, says the text, in their very own language, the marvelous works of God. The life and death and cross and resurrection of Jesus. So it is that the Holy Spirit has the task of taking this wonderful and yet humble historical event, the death and resurrection of Jesus, that happened in a far-off corner of the world in Jerusalem thousands of years ago. He he has the task of taking this event and, and getting the news out, spreading the gospel, publishing the word of the cross into every ear and every heart including yours. This, then, is the work of the Spirit, even that we are Christians, that we have heard and believed the word of the cross, the promise that all our sins are forgiven. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that there is a church here, on this corner, on, this, on these two streets, that there is an, a font there, and an altar, and a Bible, and a pulpit And then we, with joyful hearts, gather to sing the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into the light of the kingdom of his Son. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. For, and dear saints, this is the point, the Feast of Pentecost continues every year, every week, every day the Holy Spirit continues to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify the whole Christian church on earth and to keep it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. It is the Holy Spirit who in this Christian church daily forgives me and all my sins and the sins of all believers, and He keeps us till the last day. He will call us forth from the grave and give us the resurrection to life eternal. It's the Holy Spirit who takes the gifts of Jesus that He won on His cross and brings them to us. The blood and the mercy, the suffering and the forgiveness, all of this the Holy Spirit Spirit carries to us, to our ears and to our hearts, and brings to our souls salvation. Such is his proper work. And so it is fitting for us to give thanks to him, to the Holy Spirit, for our faith and for the word of forgiveness that he causes to be preached and heard and believed. And it is fitting for us to pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to work in our midst and he would keep us each until our last hour comes. It is fitting on this Pentecost that we would do these things. But we might ask, and this is especially for all you catechism students who are writing your last sermon notes today, We might ask, where is the law and the gospel in all of this? Well, here's the law. Perhaps the greatest temptation for us, when it it regards the Holy Spirit and to sin against Him, the greatest temptation for us is that we take credit 
for his work. We, we really can't take credit for the work of Jesus. After all, it was thousands of years ago, long before most of you, anyways, were born. But the work of the Holy Spirit, my faith, my trust, my beginning at obedience and keeping the Lord's law, all of these we are tempted to claim as our own. As if being a Christian was a work of our will, our decision, or our choice, or something that we have done. Now, most of us probably don't think of this very much. What is the source of our faith in Christ? So the temptation manifests itself like this. When we look at the unbeliever and we see or or feel or sense some sort of pride that we have done something to, to be a Christian while they have failed to do something, that's your indicator that you are taking credit for the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I must be better than that pagan, or holier than that heathen, or whatever it is. That's the lie of the devil. To think that you had a part of your salvation, that you had a part in, in somehow bringing yourself to faith, this is to take credit for the work of the Holy Spirit to steal his glory and, and claim it for ourselves. And incidentally, when we believe these lies, the devil has worked to steal away from us some of the wonderful comfort of the gospel. For if my faith is my work or my accomplishment or something that I've done, th- th- then who can be sure if they've done enough? Who of you, when your last hour comes would not question if your faith is strong enough, if your faith can endure. And I will tell you right now that if your faith is your own work or your own decision or your own accomplishment, then it is not strong enough. It will not hold up under the assaults of sin and death and the devil. And when your last hour comes, your faith will be nothing. But look, dear saints, this is our comfort and our peace. This is the gospel that our faith is not our own work. It's not our own accomplishment. It's not our own doing. Our faith in Jesus is the work of the Holy Spirit. And he stands behind his work. Lifetime guarantee. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. And on the last day, he will raise me and all all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. This is what the Holy Spirit has done to you, in you, for you, and he continues to do. He brings to you the promise 
of the death of Jesus and the forgiveness of all of your sins, and he gives you faith to trust in that promise in life and in death, even to life eternal. Rejoice then, dear Christian, at being the object of the Holy Spirit's work. For you are the object of his love, his compassion, and his forgiveness, just as you are the object of the love and the life of the Father and the Son, who live together in eternal peace, world without end. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.